0: If you have a true scary story you would like to hear featured on this podcast, please, go to AsTheRavenDreams.com and click the button to send it my way. Also, consider rating this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to, as it does help. And of course, thank you. Hi, Raven. I was listening to one of your recent videos, and it reminded me of something similar that happened to me while I was in college. So, I thought that I would just share it with you. Unlike all the crazy stories I've heard about college students going on trips for spring break, I was far too broke to do any of that. But, thankfully, I wasn't alone. I lived in a small town going to a local college. And living in one of their dorms. My two roommates and I didn't have a lot of free time or money to plan something crazy, so we just went to parties our friends hosted or friends of friends. That way, we could still have a good time, and it was cheap to free. I remember one party, though, that I will never forget. It was nearing the end of spring break, actually, and we learned of a local party that was open to anyone they just asked that you BYOB that was reasonable for me because I wasn't picky and could stomach some pretty cheap beers so the three of us all got a 12 pack and drove over to the party we got there and we found some of our friends and just let loose we drank we played drinking games we did stupid pranks to each other it was a good time I met a few people that I didn't know, and even some people that I just knew in passing at school. At one point, I ended up outside and was watching some people do stupid stunts into the pool. I was standing on the patio next to a guy that I didn't know, and made a comment about one of the stunts that they pulled saying it looked like it hurt. The guy laughed and explained how he should have done this instead, and he probably would have pulled it off better. I don't remember the exact thing he said, but it was something to do with some kind of aquatic thing. The dude sounded like he was a professional swimmer or something. So I asked him about it, and he said that he was on the swim team. He told me a bit more about the science of swimming, I guess, and some of it was pretty cool. I threw some dumb scenarios his way, and he assured me of how it would work or how much of an utter failure it would be and we just had a good laugh. After a bit of time, he said that he had to go, and he walked off. My last thought was, eh, cool guy, and moved on with the night. After some time, I was talking with some other friends, and I brought up the swimming guy. None of them seemed to know who I was talking about, so I just kind of dropped it. It wasn't unusual for uninvited people to show up, and as long as they weren't a problem, there was no sense in trying to make them leave. But later on, I ran into the friend I was talking to earlier and spotted the swimming guy passing by the living room. I pointed him out, and my friend said that he didn't recognize him either. He wasn't on the swim team either, so we just assumed that he may have been in a different year or different program. That's why we never ran across him. I tried to get his attention, but he looked confused as to why I was flagging him down. He just had an annoyed look on his face, and he ignored me. My friend laughed, but I just shrugged it off. People are weird, and it wasn't like I knew him on a personal level, so no loss to me. Again, queue up more of the same for the night, including some people starting to leave or pass out all over the place. The music was still playing, though, as it had been throughout the whole night, so other than the people dispersing, the party was the same as it had been. So while some of us were in the kitchen talking about one of our classes, we all jumped when we heard somebody yelling. We went and checked out the living room, where we thought it was coming from, and saw some people staring down the hall towards the bedrooms and bathroom. I walked down the hall and I could hear more yelling and grunting sounds. As I approached the bathroom, I saw the swimming guy standing in there holding some kind of pipe. One of my friends was standing behind me, but otherwise, nobody was doing anything but staring. So I just asked him if he was alright. That's when he turned to look at me and just started rambling about things that made no sense. He said it was too loud, even though nothing had changed all night. And, in fact, since there were fewer people, it wasn't as loud. I wanted to clarify with him because I didn't understand why it was all of a sudden a problem, but he just continued talking. I don't remember exactly what he said, but he was saying things like, They won't stop laughing. I know that they're laughing at me. I know that they're talking about me. Stop it. Why won't they stop it? I just stood there, confused, not knowing what to do. This was obviously not about the music. This was something else. So, the only thing that I said was something like, Hey man, maybe you should relax a bit. But before I could finish that, he started screaming and swung the pipe in my direction. He was still in the bathroom with me outside, and with him being intoxicated or on something, he instead hit the door. I was not going to stick around at this point and risk getting hit, so I rushed back into the living room and told them that we needed to leave before things got worse. As people started shoving themselves back towards the farthest wall or running out the back door, the swimming guy went running out of the bathroom screaming, "'No more! No more, please!' and then out the front door. I watched him from the front door as he ran into the road and was subsequently struck by a car. A bunch of people were still inside and they saw this, causing them to scream. I ran to call 911 from the landline that I had seen, and it was just pure chaos. I barely knew the address, so I had to go check that, I didn't even know the guy's name, and was trying to explain what exactly had happened, all the while people were screaming in the background and me not being in my right mind either. I kept walking back to the front door and saw the person in the car did stop. There were a few people from the party out there now, but I had no idea of the condition of the guy. An ambulance finally showed up, so I got off the phone and ran outside to them. They already had him on a stretcher and was putting him in the ambulance. I didn't see him move once. I didn't hear anything from him, and I was afraid that this man that I had just met was now dead. I was horrified, not knowing what else to do. I went back into the house and watched as many people left crying, shoulders and heads low, just saying nothing. The next day, I tried contacting people that were at the party trying to figure out the name of that guy, but nobody knew him. There were so many people that I knew from the party that I found it difficult to believe that no one else knew this supposed student. He gave details about the school and some of the teachers, so I found it hard to believe that he could have been lying. I even tried going to the hospital and describing him and when he got there, but all that they could tell me was that he wasn't there anymore, and couldn't provide any more information. I guess that that made sense. I went in looking for someone that I couldn't even give the name of, but at least by the way that they were talking about him, I was reassured that he hadn't died. It may be a bit anticlimactic, but that's where my story ends. I never did learn who that person was, and those that I still have contact with still cannot recall his name or even remember him at this point. And Since then, the memories of that party have stayed in the back of my mind. I took a small break on partying, but when I got back into that scene, I feared experiencing something similar to that. Thankfully, I never did, though. You just never know what someone else is going through, so no matter where you are, it doesn't hurt to learn names and all possible escape routes... Anyways, thank you for letting me share my story. I'm up late reading these, so I finally decided to share my creepy encounter from a while back. This was about 15 years ago. I was around 25 years old and living in the Midwest at the time. My friends and I decided to go out for the night... We're both girls and we're single at the time, and somehow we decided on a towny type of bar. I don't remember how we landed on it. I had never been there before, and I don't think that she had either. I guess we were just trying something new. I don't remember a ton about the appearance, but I do remember that it was off a semi-busy road in a suburb. You had to drive up a dirt road to the top of the hill, maybe a quarter of a mile— before you got to it perched at the top. It definitely wasn't our usual scene, but we were up for trying something new, even though it felt a little weird being sort of close to civilization, but at the same time feeling far away from it. I'm driving and she's in the front seat, I'm going through the parking lot, using that term loosely, as it was mainly just a gravel lot in front of this bar, we didn't see any spots available, but as we were weaving through, we spotted a car backing out, so I waited for him to leave so that I could pull in. It wasn't until I was pulling in that I noticed another car in the aisle across from me, on the opposite side of the car backing out. I'm usually pretty aware of other drivers in lots, and I would have let him have that spot if it was obvious he was there before me and waiting for it but he definitely was not there first, so I just figured he was looking for a spot too and was letting me pull in before he passed. So I pull in, and we're taking off our seatbelts about to go in, when I noticed that the car was still just sitting there, in the same spot in the aisle with its headlights on. It creeped me out a little, so I told my friend to wait for him to go before we went in. So we sit there, and I'm watching through my rear-view mirror. It must have been at least two minutes, which felt so long. He finally starts to move slowly, but, to my surprise, he doesn't drive past us. Instead, he pulls off to the edge of the dirt road near the bar entrance and parallel parks and turns off his car, probably about a hundred feet behind my car. Okay, I thought. He's just going to make his own parking spot. That's fine. I tell my friend that I still want to wait for him to go in first because I'm afraid he's going to key my car or something because he's upset that I took the last spot. So, we continue to wait. About five minutes or so and no one is getting out of this car. By that point, I was thoroughly creeped out and I told her let's just forget this bar and leave. I turn my car on again and then turn on my headlights. About a second after, I see that same car behind me turn his headlights on too. I wasn’t sure if he was going to take my spot or what, but I put my car in reverse immediately, as that just gave me the chills. I back out quickly and I had to go downhill to get back to the main road. That same car started moving too, and, to my shock, he didn't take my spot, but instead followed me downhill. I turned right onto the main road and drove probably half a mile before turning into a brightly lit McDonald's. He had followed me up to that point, but kept driving after I turned into there. I still have no clue if my gut instinct kicked in, and it saved us from something horrible that night, or if it was just some sicko playing a prank. Either way, every now and then, I think about those headlights popping up on my rearview mirror, and it still gives me the chills. So, trust your gut if something doesn't feel right. Way back whenever I was a little boy, Me and my family used to make the drive from our home to my grandparent's house up north, and we would stay there for the end of the year and the beginning of the next, and then would head back south. Honestly, I don't remember how long it took to get from point A to point B, but I remember it being a long time, of course, as a kid. It always felt like it took forever, and I would get increasingly impatient on the ride there. Because of that… My parents always tried to make stops when I would hit my peak. Obviously, I was very young, maybe seven at the oldest, so it wasn't like I was older and throwing a tantrum. I was still a pretty young boy and just really didn't like sitting still. There was one rest stop between home and my grandparents' house that I really liked stopping at, because they had some really neat animal statues out front near a small playground area, and there was a McDonald's that was actually built in the parking lot area of said rest stop. When you're that age, who doesn't love colorful animals and McDonald's? Unfortunately, my appreciation for the place very quickly went away when the incident that I'm writing about occurred, mostly because I was terrified that it would happen again, however unlikely that actually was. That year... We were driving up to my grandparents' house, as we always did for the holidays, and in that year my mom was actually pregnant with my sister, so we were stopping more than we usually did. We got to the area where the rest stop that I mentioned above is, and I asked my dad if we were going to see the statues. At this point it was starting to snow a bit, and my dad mentioned that he wouldn't mind stopping, but that we couldn't play on the playground because of the weather. I was a bit upset at this, I wanted to play in the snow, obviously, but he was pretty steadfast about the fact that we would stop, take some pictures, get our snacks and whatnot, and then get back on the road. We pulled into the rest stop, and the snow was starting to come down a bit more. It was actually starting to stick to the ground, and there were some small patches of ice in various spots as well from when it had been raining just prior to the snow. We parked, all got out, and... My dad started heading towards the statues, warning us of a slick spot on the walkway so that we didn't slip. He wanted to quickly get his annual photograph of the family around the big brown bear statue, and then get out of there. As we were headed towards the statue, I got hit with the urge to go to the bathroom. Like, really bad. I told my dad that I had to go, and he asked me if I could wait, but it was a nuclear threat at that point. Like, if I didn't go right then, then I was going to need new pants. This is one of those rest stops where the restrooms weren't inside the building, they were on the outside. So, he told me to go ahead and go and that he would be waiting right there when I got out. I ran into the men's room and did my business, and when I got out, I noticed that there was an older gentleman in the restroom at one of the urinals. But I ignored him, and walked past him to get to the sink so I could wash my hands. It was while I was washing them that the man stepped away from the urinal to get behind me, which, looking back, I realize now that he didn't adjust his pants. Or flush. So, I don't think he was really going. It was like he was just standing at the urinal to wait. I didn't notice it back then because I was honestly not paying attention, I was just trying to wash my hands and be done with it. I look in the mirror, and he and I make eye contact. I see that he's staring at me with a very happy grin on his face. I tried to look away, but the minute that I made eye contact, he moved to initiate conversation. He looked down at me and said, Hey, how are you? Are you enjoying the weather? I was enjoying it, as I loved the snow and we didn't get a lot where I lived. I smiled and said that I liked the snow and that it was neat. The man laughed and said that he used to like the snow until he got old. I made a comment about how I would always like the snow and he just once again laughed. I finished washing my hands and I went over to get a paper towel and the guy followed me over towards the door and just kept talking about the weather. He was also asking me if I really liked to play in the snow and just stuff like that. It really felt like this was just some old guy that was making conversation with me about the snow. I didn't feel scared of him, and being like seven at the time, he kind of reminded me of my grandfather. I wasn't feeling like I needed to run or be scared of this guy. Then, all hell seemed to break loose. I finished drying my hands, and I went to exit the restroom. The man was behind me, so I held the door open to be polite and as soon as I stepped away from the door, he literally swung his arm around me and picked me up, and then started running towards the parking lot. I think he looked older than he really was, because if he was my grandfather's age, then I don't think he would have been able to grab me and run like he did. As soon as I realized what was going on, I started screaming as loudly as I possibly could. My dad heard me and saw what was going on, and started running toward us. But this guy had a lead, and he was heading straight for a car that was in the parking lot, and it honestly looked like he was going to get there before my dad would be able to catch up to him. That is when fate took over, and I was saved by a miraculous twist. The man that was carrying me was paying a lot of attention to getting to his car, and not a lot of attention to the ground in front of him. He ended up catching his foot on an ice patch that I mentioned earlier, and because I was kicking and shifting his weight, he slipped. And when he slipped, he went headfirst into his own car. Thankfully, I pretty much just fell to the ground, but this man, he smacked his head on the bumper of his own vehicle, and he was out cold. It honestly felt like it played out almost like a comedy movie with how it happened though nobody was laughing. My dad grabbed me and started shouting for someone to call 911, mostly because this guy looked like he was pretty messed up. The police and an ambulance arrived, and they took him away and the officers took our statements. I have no idea if the man made it or if he was really messed up, but in my opinion, he kind of had it coming. I don't want to wish ill on anyone really, but this man tried to kidnap me, and well, like I said, fate took over. I don't like thinking about what would have happened if he hadn't tripped and fallen, but I think it's pretty obvious it would not have been good. I'm thankful it didn't go that far, but I will say that this event really ruined that rest stop for me, and kind of made me afraid to do anything alone in public. This happened to me back when I was in middle school, about 15 or so years ago, spring break was never anything special to my family, other than just a week off from school. There were four of us kids, and now having two of my own, I understand why we didn't really go anywhere. Kids are expensive, but it didn't really bother us, as we all entertained ourselves and each other quite well. However... I did have a friend whose family was pretty well off. His dad had some very official job. I was a kid at the time, so I don't know what it was exactly, but I remember him working long hours. He always wore suits, and he never really talked about work around us. However, they did always take some pretty awesome vacations— I'd seen pictures and souvenirs from when they went to different countries. So, for this story, I'm going to call my friend Levi, just in case his dad has some job that I wasn't really supposed to be talking about. Levi has always been pretty cool. We always got along really well, and we hung out quite a bit. In fact, I've even been invited to go with them to their lake house, which was a lot of fun. So... For spring break, I was invited again to join them at the lake. With my parents' permission, I did not waste time packing a bag to go. However, there was one little wrinkle in the whole plan, or at least the plan in my head. His cousin, Skylar, was going to be joining us. Now, Levi was an only child, but Skylar hung around so much that you might have thought that she was their kid too. She was a year older than me and Levi, but she always wanted to hang out with us. At first, I didn't have a problem with it, because she seemed pretty cool, and yeah, pretty cute, too. She would play the dumb games that we played, watch TV with us, whatever. But I started noticing pretty quickly that she was a little... weird. For example... We were outside trying to start their fire pit when we picked up an old log that was on the ground. Underneath it were tons of pill bugs and other bugs that I'm sure. Being the type of kids we were, we started picking them up and throwing them at each other. I know that that was dumb and mean, but that's just who we were. Skylar was there too, and she was even joining in on it. But then she just stopped out of nowhere and started humming. Humming. We noticed her doing this, so we stopped to see what was happening, and then she crushed them in her hand and rubbed them on her face. Then she started laughing and chasing us like she was going to wipe it on us. So, maybe not creepy, but definitely really weird, and especially with her being a girl. I was used to girls our age wanting to look pretty and nice, so it wasn't something that I expected at all and by the look on Levi's face, he didn't expect it either. So, other than that memory, she had done some other weird things such as when her mood would shift in the blink of an eye. We'd be watching a movie and laughing, and she would just stand up and storm off angrily. I've seen his mom try to talk to her, and she would be just screaming and pacing back and forth, or rocking. Now, before you say anything… I know a lot more now as an adult, but I didn't understand any of this as a kid. I just tried my best to steer clear from her and just dealt with it, as I really did enjoy hanging out with Levi. So anyways, back to our spring break. It was going to be me, Levi, Skylar, and Levi's parents- We got to the lake house, started making sleeping arrangements and planning on what we wanted to do. We took their paddle boat out on the lake and went fishing. We made a fire out there too. And we even had a day out on their boat. It had actually been a lot of fun, and even Skylar was manageable with minimal breakdowns. At some point during the trip, his dad had to leave and wouldn't be back that following night, so it was just going to be his mom with us. She decided that she would get dinner for us instead of making it that night, so she left to pick it up, which was probably about 20-30 to minutes away. Skylar was out on the back deck reading a book, and we were still inside at the time playing a video game. We'd both brought our DS's with us. His mom told us that she was leaving and that we could stay in or go out, but that we could not leave the property. Which was fine by us. We decided to go out back and fish from the docks as we didn't want to lug out the paddle boat again. When we got out there, Levi realized that we'd forgotten something, so he went back inside to look for it, and I decided to sit on one of the chairs next to Skylar, just trying to be nice to her. I asked her if she wanted to go fishing with us, and she said no. I asked her what she was reading. And She told me the name of it, but I can't remember it now, and I hadn't heard of it before, so I asked her what it was about. She explained how it was about a woman whose husband was physically abusive towards her and tried to kill her. However, she lived and was taking revenge and going about some long, drawn-out plan to kill him. I remember saying something about it being intense, and she agreed and then we just sat there in silence. Out of nowhere, she said, "'Could you imagine that?' I asked her what she meant, and she said in almost a dreamy manner, "'Someone you once loved trying to kill you? Oh, or killing them?' I just kind of laughed and said, "'Yeah, that's pretty freaky, though.' I guess that was the wrong thing to say, because she slammed the book closed and gave me such an angry glare." She then stood up and said, "'Hm, I guess you wouldn't understand,' and stormed off inside. It was a weird situation, but I just went over and set up my pole. Shortly after, Levi came back out and we started fishing, and I told him about what happened. He just laughed and mentioned that it was best to just ignore most of the stuff she said, so I shrugged it off and we continued fishing. After some time... I had to use the restroom, so I walked off to go back inside. When I went in, I found Skylar standing next to the room that she was staying in with her hands behind her back. I wasn't expecting her to be there since the hall light wasn't even on, but I just made a comment about her scaring me. She didn't budge. She just kept staring at me, and I asked her if she was okay, and again, she did not respond. I decided to continue with what I was trying to do, which meant I had to walk by her. As soon as I did, she lunged out at me and I felt a sharp pain in my back, causing me to scream out. When I turned around, I saw Skylar was holding a huge knife with this crazed look in her eye. I was still a kid, so I didn't know what to do other than run to my destination, since it had a lock on the door. She swung the knife at me again and managed to cut across my shoulder before I got the door closed. I locked it, and then ran to the window as it faced out to the backyard and yelled for Levi. While I'm yelling at him to get his crazy cousin, I hear her yelling at me, Let me love you. You can love me too. I saw Levi run towards the house and then could hear them yelling at each other. She was telling Levi that she loved me and just wanted us to die together. He kept calling her crazy and telling her to put the knife down, but the only thing I heard was her crying and then a door slammed closed. Levi then came into the bathroom with me, locking the door and helping me to cover my back. Then he went back out, leaving me in the bathroom to call his mother. That felt like an eternity as I sat in the bathroom, having Levi go back and forth between me and Skylar. When his mom finally did return... I could hear her pleading with Skylar to open the door, and afterwards Skylar screaming and crying. They did both seem to calm down after a bit. She then came to check on me and took me to the hospital since the slash on my back was apparently pretty deep. I did have to get quite a few stitches on my back and some on my arm as well, but then I went back to the cabin and called my parents to let them know what had happened. Levi's mom did most of the talking, and to my surprise, they let me stay the rest of the trip. I was expecting them to tell me that I had to come home. The rest of the trip went alright, Skylar was never alone with us again, but I was too afraid to even be in the same room as her, so that did kind of ruin some of the fun for me. Overall, I did still hang out with Levi after this- but it left a permanent scar, both physically and mentally. I asked Levi why she was always around at one point, because she had many more physical breakdowns, but nothing towards me and I didn't personally understand. All he could really tell me at the time was that she was pretty much living with them now. My parents apparently even knew more than me, as they told me that she needed parents that loved and cared for her, so sometimes we just have to show other people patience and give time. It wasn't until I was much older that I learned more. Skylar's parents weren't really in the picture, and after a pretty bad event in their family, Levi's parents won custody of her. Her childhood, obviously, was not a normal one either leaving her with her own trauma that she had to work through. I don't know if what I experienced with her was something that she experienced, or was just how her brain worked, but I definitely do not blame her for it. But let me tell you, being chased like that and then stabbed with a knife when you're only 15, it was one of the most terrifying things that I have ever Experienced. Okay, so to start. At the time, I was 19, female, and working an early morning job at Safeway. I would leave the house around 5.30 every morning... It was during the winter, so I would often wear a blanket to my car and sit in it for a while, waiting for it to warm up. So, one day, my mom stopped by and parked in front of this man's apartment, which happens to overlook where my car was parked. He got upset that she wasn't in a spot, and that was the first time I ever even noticed him. He looked around 70, had a grey beard, was pretty tall, and was white as well. Anyways... She ended up moving the car, and nothing else happened that day. But I think that's the day that he noticed me and my roommate, also 19 female. We did live alone, though I've always been borderline paranoid, so I've always stayed aware of my surroundings. Soon after our encounter, I noticed when I would go to work, I had to pass near his apartment, that his lights would suddenly be on every morning at 530 when I would be leaving. I didn't think too much of it and continued on, though I started to notice once I would get in my car, he would be outside walking around and passed behind my car, which I definitely flagged as weird. This continued for a few weeks, but soon enough, I noticed his lights would be on and his blinds would be all the way open. Very weird considering it was still dark, 5.30 a.m., and he didn't do that prior. Anyways, I stayed alert, and I started waking my roommate up when I left just in case something weird ever happened. Side note, at this time, my roommate had a car that wouldn't lock. We didn't live in the best area, so she didn't keep anything valuable in her car, just random stuff, including a high school picture. One day, someone broke into her car and didn't do anything, but left her picture on her seat facing upwards. We always found that weird, and we didn't know who did it. Fast forward to one day, and I was super paranoid at this point. I was convinced that he was going to approach me or do something weird. It was a gut feeling. I was walking to my car, and I had to have my back faced towards his window in order to get to my car. I was talking myself down, Saying nothing's gonna happen, you're safe, etc. Then, my brain told me that I needed to turn around. So I did. He was at his window, blinds open, staring at me. When he noticed I turned around, he moved out of sight super fast. I got freaked out and I got in my car and I locked it. Then I called my roommate to tell her about it, and I tried to leave as fast as possible. While I was getting situated, he was walking behind my car, and I was trying to stay calm. I ended up leaving, and I don't know where he went. After this encounter, I changed my shifts to afternoon, due to safety, and me and my roommate decided to move. We've never had anything happen since. This always creeped me out, and I wonder what would have happened had I kept working mornings or stayed at that apartment. I'm 19 years old, and living far from home in a studio room. I'm often up late, and last week I was just doing some laundry at around 11pm-ish. I saw a man sitting in the lobby... I saw him around a bit at night, but I didn't think much of it. I'm in the laundry room, and I had just put my clothes in the dryer, and I hear the laundry room door beeping, which meant that someone was coming in. There was the man, standing there with no clothes to wash, just staring at me. I maneuvered around him and headed to the lifts. He followed me quickly and cornered me and asked me for my snapchat. I was tired, and I just wanted to get back to my room, so I stupidly gave it to him. I figured he would message me and try to flirt. I would say, I have a boyfriend, sorry if you thought this was anything else, and that would be the end of it. I'm about 5'4", with very long red hair, and I'm half Indian and English, with Afghanistani descent, so I'm white passing, but kind of... exotic... People tend to stare at me. Anyways, he starts messaging me. It's kind of normal, and then he starts saying weird stuff like, I saw you a month ago, and I was impressed. I've been visiting a friend and staying here. And I've been watching you. I noticed that you come out mostly at night. He told me that he was Saudi Arabian and only visiting for five more days. Then, it gets worse he says i love you i can't help it and then i say that i have a boyfriend he says i only want you and continues to completely ignore that he asks to come to my room and i say no and then he wanted a hug he asked me if i lived alone and if i was a virgin he kept saying that he loved me and that i was perfect for him that i impressed him at that point i recorded all the messages on snapchat spoke to him a little bit more to gather evidence so that i could take it to the reception in the morning he'd been watching me for a month i got my guy friend who lives on the second floor to walk me down to the laundry room we sat in the student lounge area and my friend calmed me down i was shaking with adrenaline and fear We saw him around the laundry room again looking for me, but luckily I'd already picked it up. I run back to my room, and my friend says that I can stay in his room, but I said that it was okay and I would just lock my door. It's about one in the morning, and I hear someone outside my room trying to get in. I ask my friend if he's outside my room, and he says no. I just froze. I didn't want to make a sound, I felt sick to my stomach and helpless. Eventually, it stopped, and whoever it was went away. In the morning, I reported this to reception and then went to stay a few days with my boyfriend, and then after went to London to visit a friend, and last night was the first time that I'd spent a night in my room since this happened. I'm very paranoid now. Sadly, I should probably be used to this. It's not the first time that I've been harassed like this. One guy tried to kiss me in a club by grabbing my head and a bunch of other things have happened that I won't go into here. But anyways, I'm terrified to go outside my room after dark. I'm constantly looking over my shoulder and feeling paranoid. I just keep blaming myself for being too nice, and I know that it's my long thick hair that seems to attract people's eyes to me. I just want to cut it all off. Has anyone had a similar experience, and how did you deal with it? Reception still hasn't updated me on if he's still in the building. Hi there. I wanted to share an experience I had when I took a cruise with my friend Raquel. We wanted to go in the summer after we finished our semester, but there was a crazy good deal on one coming up for spring, so we decided to make it our spring break trip instead. With the timing, we would probably miss a few days back, but we both thought it was worth it. The first few nights were fantastic, but it was several nights in that the weird events began to occur. It started one night after we had been drinking, I started feeling unwell, so I told Raquel that I was going to head back to our cabin. After my nightly routines, I laid in bed, trying to fall asleep, while watching some show on my laptop. I had finally started falling asleep when something caused me to wake up. I laid there in the dark, trying to drift back off, when I started hearing whispering. I ignored it at first, thinking it was just people in the halls, but... Then it dawned on me that this was very clearly whispering. It was normal to hear people talking and laughing in the halls, but it was always muffled. This was a very clear whisper. I turned back over to see if maybe Raquel had come back or if it was maybe something playing on my laptop. However, my laptop had gone to sleep mode and nothing was playing. And Raquel was nowhere in sight. I thought it was weird, but shrugged it off, thinking maybe it was someone outside, or maybe since I wasn't feeling well that my senses were just on overdrive and it made it sound clearer than it was. I ended up just turning something else on Netflix and fell back asleep. The next day, the whispering didn't even cross my mind. When I woke up, Raquel was in her bed, and we got dressed and enjoyed another day. We were going to be at the Caribbean that day, so we didn't spend a whole lot of time on the ship. When it was time for us to get back on the ship, we planned on going to see the show that they were hosting, but I wanted to take a shower before, so we both went back to our cabin. After she changed, she said that she was going to head to the dining hall, and I agreed as I got in the shower. When I got out and got dressed, I went back to the bathroom to do my normal makeup and hair routine. While I was in there, I started hearing the whispering again. This time I was fully awake and cognizant. This was not a whisper coming from the halls. I walked out of the bathroom and looked around the room, and when I didn't see anyone, I called out, Hello? Raquel? But I didn't get an answer. I went and checked the door and saw that it was still locked, too, so I was confused. I could clearly hear a whisper. I couldn't make out any words, but it may have been because it also sounded really fast. This kind of spooked me, so I quickly finished what I was doing and went to find Raquel. I met up with Raquel as she had already found a table for us, and was enjoying a drink when I showed up. After I sat down and we talked briefly, I mentioned the whispering to her and I asked her if she had come back to the room at some point while I was still there. She confirmed that she never did. I told her about the whispering that I had heard, and she thought that it was weird too, but also tried to be reasonable about it, saying it probably was still people in the hall or the next room, or maybe it was just the sound of the AC kicking on or something. I certainly wanted it to just be something like that, so I told her that she was probably right, and let it go so that we could enjoy our night. As the night died down, we both made our way back to our cabin. We were both a bit intoxicated and pretty tired, so after a quick change, we both crashed on our beds pretty hard. However, I woke up at some point needing to use the restroom, so I turned on my side light and I made my way in there, but it was when I came out that I was a bit spooked. As I opened the door, I saw that Raquel had turned her light on and was staring right at me, with her eyes wide open. She looked terrified, and I asked her what was wrong. She asked me if I had heard it too, and I didn't know what she meant at first, but then I finally caught on. She had heard the whispering too, but this time she said that she could make out the words. She said that she had heard, don't leave me, and it sounded like it was right next to her ear. She first thought that I was messing with her because she heard me get up, but when she flipped over and saw the door closed and the light on, she knew that I wouldn't have had time to do that, then run to the bathroom, turn the light on, and shut the door. I was internally screaming at this point, I wanted to say that I knew I wasn't crazy, but then I realized I wasn't crazy. It was something we both heard, so we knew that it was real. We immediately turned on all the lights and looked over the room, including under the beds, in the closet, the wardrobe, and drawers. I don't know what we were hoping to find, a person, some kind of device replaying someone talking or whispering, but... In the end, we found nothing. We were both wide awake and entirely too freaked out to sleep at that point, so we just laid in bed watching TV. We kept talking about it, going back and forth between what we thought it could be, rationalizing it, so we were probably just mistaken. I think we finally fell asleep with all the lights and TV on around four in the morning. Needless to say, that was a lazy day for us, but thankfully we were going to be at sea for the whole day. I think that we both agreed to forget about it, and tried to relax. We spent a lot of time in the pool and spa, and ate about every chance we got in between. That night, we parked ourselves in our beds and planned on watching movies with the lights on, until we fell asleep. But this time, in the middle of a movie... We heard what sounded like a light tapping on our door. We both looked over, and thought that since we both heard it, maybe it was someone that worked there, or maybe someone had just gone to the wrong room. I got up to go see who it was, but when I looked out the peephole, it was nothing. It was pitch black. Like someone was covering it up. That made me hesitate on opening the door, so instead... I just called out, "'Uh, can I help you?' But I didn't get a response. I stepped back from the door to let Raquel know what had happened, which caused her to get up and go to the door too. However, when she looked out, it was clear and there was no one there. We both agreed to open the door, and, of course, nobody was out there. We stepped out and looked down one side of the hallway... Where the stairs and elevator were, and then down the other hall, where it was just a dead end. But this time we actually did see someone. There was a woman standing at the end, with her back towards us and seemingly looking out the little window. But the weirdest part was how this lady was dressed. She had on one of those old fashioned ball gowns. We both just stood there and whispered to each other about it. When we both felt a huge rush of cold air sweep by us. That's all it took for Raquel as she turned around, saying, Oh hell no, and went back to the room. I followed quickly behind her and saw that she was already on the phone calling services. She requested that an employee come to our room because someone was obviously trying to pull a prank on us. I could tell the tone of her voice was teetering between angry and terrified. Someone did show up to our room, and she explained the whole situation, talking about how we kept hearing whispering in the person standing at the window. I think the guy tried his best to take our complaints seriously, but I could also tell that he did not care. He said he would go check the cameras and see who it was, so that they could then speak to the culprit. Being too freaked out to stay in our room anyways... We followed him to the front to watch the camera with him. We were better off just going back to bed and pretending that nothing happened. We first stood at the desk while we waited for the guy to go to the back room and check the cameras. When he came back, he looked confused and asked us again for a rundown of what had happened. After we explained everything again, he asked us to follow him to the back where he showed us the footage. We saw the hall with our door on the right and all the way to the end where the window was. There was no movement, and no people. It was completely still. Then, unexpectedly, the light seemed to dim, or it just got slightly darker, similar to what you might see if someone put their hand or something else in front of the light, or above the camera, creating a shadow. It was there for a few seconds, and then back to normal lighting. Then... Shortly after the light went back to normal, you could see us open the door and walk out. We stood there, looked around, and then looked back towards the window and at each other, pointing out the person, before then running back in. We saw this all play out again, except there was no lady at the window. We were shown staring in the direction, but there was nothing there. The guy looked confused and clearly did not know what to say to us. I stood there dumbfounded myself, but when I looked over at Raquel, she was obviously terrified. The only thing I said was, I know what I heard. I know what I saw, and I'll be damned if I have to sleep in that room another night. The guy escorted us back to the desk and asked us to wait there. The whole time, Raquel kept looking around the area, eyes wide, like she was paranoid. I had never seen her like this before. The only thing I knew that she was afraid of were bugs, but usually she would just run away from them letting out some kind of a yelp. But she looked terrified. I tried asking her if she was alright, and she just said, I know that you saw it too. Surprisingly, the guy came back and said that he could move us to another cabin, but it would be a slight downgrade. Before I could say anything, Raquel said that it was fine, and we went back to get our things. We silently and quickly packed our stuff and went to our new room. All the while, the guy was apologizing to us. Once we got settled in, we went to bed saying very little, with the lights and the TV still on. The next day, Raquel had done a complete 180, and she was back to being her bubbly, enthusiastic self and to both of our surprise, I'm sure, we didn't have another event for the rest of the trip. I asked Raquel again about it when we got home, and she refused to talk about it, saying that she didn't want any negative energy or bad spirits to follow us. So, I was left on my own with the thoughts of what the hell we experienced. I'm conflicted to look into possible hauntings on cruise ships or mysterious deaths or disappearances, But while I may not be religious, what I saw and what Raquel told me is enough to make me hesitate. So instead, maybe I'll just ask Has anyone ever experienced something like this while on a cruise? This was a few years ago in my old house around Halloween. One day, I, 43, male, was home alone in the house. I have a wife, three kids, and a dog. I'm in my basement cutting wood and working when all of a sudden I hear thumping on the ceiling above me, first level floor. It's rhythmic and almost perfectly in beat. I'm a handyman and I do a lot of my own fixing, and I know the usual sound that houses make. This... Was not usual. I start to follow the thumping around on the first floor. It's as if someone or something is walking around. I call out my wife's name, no answer. My kids, no answer. Just soft moaning, that's getting louder with the thumps. My dog is with me in the basement, and following the sound with me with his tail straight up, completely silent. This was weird because I have a loud and jumpy dog. I then slowly follow the thumping to the steps, and I hear a weak old woman's voice calling for... Jimmy. Not my name, but my name does start with a J. Over and over. Ignoring my hellos, she keeps walking around my first floor, calling out, moaning, and thumping. I grab my dog by the collar and leave out the basement door and walk around the outside of my house. It is worth noting that I've had a lot of weird supernatural things happen in my life, especially around Halloween, but I could feel that this was different. Very different. I go up to the street and there's a younger couple calling out for someone, let's say Nancy, for the sake of this. I go up to them and say, "'Are you Jimmy?' The young guy looks at me, and simultaneous relief and confusion cross his face. He tells me that's his dad's name, but that he passed years ago. Turns out, Nancy was his mom, with some kind of mental issue. She'd snuck out of their house and up the road. Her family lived in my house before we did, didn't know that, and she was having some kind of episode. She went looking for her husband in her home and also, she has a wooden leg. I don't know the story, but that's what the thumping was. We got her home safely, and I also double-locked my doors from that point on. One Saturday morning, I, 21, female, decided to go to my local Goodwill. I'm disabled and suffer from chronic pain. I use a cane on my good days and a wheelchair on bad days. Luckily for me, this was a good day. I parked out front and got out of my car and immediately noticed a man sitting at the far corner in front of the goodwill. As I was walking into the goodwill, he shouted, Miss, do you have any extra time for me today? I had never seen this man in my life and really did not want to engage with him, So, I politely said, No sir, not today, I'm sorry, and continued walking. He shouted something else at me, but I couldn't make out what he said, and was afraid if I stopped and asked, then he would try to engage me in conversation. I ignored him and continued walking. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw him begin to stand up. I walked faster and I entered the goodwill, thinking that I was in the clear I began walking along the front of the store, just browsing the items. My heart dropped when I glanced through the front window, and I saw him walking briskly towards the entrance. I immediately thought that he might be following me, and this has happened to me before at Goodwills. Every time I've wound up in uncomfortable conversations where I have to continuously decline the advances of men that I'm really not interested in. It's gotten to the point where I wear a fake ring when I go out so that I can say that I'm married, because sometimes they accept that answer better than me simply not being interested. In that moment, the disability left my body because I picked up my cane and booked it to the nearby rack of ball gowns, and I hid behind them. Through the gaps, I observed him storming into the store and start to look through the aisles. I was scared because... He looked angry, maybe because I had ignored him. I didn't mean to be rude, but I thought I had made it clear in a polite way that I did not want to speak with him. I don't think that it's wrong of me to want to go thrifting without having to engage with random men. A kind woman nearby came up to the ball gowns where I was hiding and pretended to inspect them. She whispered, "'Are you okay?' and I said, I think that the man in the blue is looking for me. She said that she thought so as well, and I asked her if any of the nearby dressing rooms were open. She pointed to the one that was, and when I saw that the man had his back turned, I dived underneath the door and locked it behind me. I called my boyfriend from the dressing room in tears and asked him to come to the store. Soon, I heard a knock at the door the kind woman had gotten the manager and she told me that after the man had looked through all the aisles he walked out grabbed his bag and left the area they closed the dressing room that i was in and they let me hide in it until my boyfriend arrived then one of the male employees and my boyfriend walked me to my car and that was the end of it nothing really dramatic happened And since we were in public, I don't think that my life was in danger, but it was an unsettling experience. I hate to think of the possible confrontation we might have had if he had found me. I'm just so thankful to the goodwill employees and the kind woman who helped me that day. When I was in college, I was out and about with my then-boyfriend. We had gone to dinner and then gone to Walmart to get some typical college food so that we could survive a Sunday in. I was dressed up in a casual, dressy fit. We decided to split up while we shopped split apart, maybe to do quicker shopping, but I don't remember the exact reason why. I was wandering the grocery aisles and I noticed this girl who was about my age. In a friendly manner, we casually smiled at each other and continued on shopping. It didn't seem weird at first, but I kept noticing her in the same aisle as me and a big, muscular man was never far behind us. Eventually, I texted my boyfriend and asked where he was and continued on shopping. Next thing I know... The girl approaches me and says how she loves my jacket. I say, thanks, Maurices, and tried to move on. She stops me and says something along the lines of, hey, you look like you're my age and you seem really nice. I just moved here for a new job and a company that my friends and I are starting, and then tried to ask me questions about where I was from. I was vague and untrusting with what I said, noting that this was not normal. And then she said, I'm looking for more people like you and I to work for our company. It's kind of a warehouse job, and I would love for you to be one of our bookkeepers. You should give me your number. I said, Well, that's nice of you to offer me a job, but I'm not a desk person, and I already have a job that I love. She said, Well, That's a bummer. I thought we might work well together. Well, would you want to give me your number so that we can hang out? I would love to have a friend who can show me around the city. I realized that I wasn't getting out of this situation until my boyfriend showed up, or I gave her my number. Eventually, I rattled off a fake phone number and said, Hey, I'll catch you later. I gotta go. And then I walked away, praying that my boyfriend would be near so we could get the hell out of there. While I was looking for him and trying to call him, the girl caught up to me and said, I tried to call you, but it said the number was out of service. And as I tried to come up with a quick excuse and say, maybe you typed it wrong, she saw that my iPhone was unlocked in my hand. She quickly snatched it and called herself on it. I was so flustered and mad at her that I snatched my phone right back when my boyfriend came around the corner. He instantly recognized that something was up, and said that we needed to go. When the girls saw him approach me, she looked so disappointed to see him, and stopped trying to interact. We ended up buying nothing and leaving. That night we called our parents and the police. The police said they didn't think it was anything ill intended, but I was sure that it was probably trafficking. I was going to switch my phone number because I was so scared. I blocked them, turned off all location access on my phone. I was too scared to go anywhere alone for a while. I even told my coach so that she knew. A couple of days later, I got a text from a random number. It was the girl. She sent a picture of my best friend, who was out drinking downtown with some of her friends. The text said, "'I met your best friend. She gave me your number because I told her I was looking for new friends.' She showed me a picture of you, and I said, What a coincidence, I met her the other day and lost her number when I got a new phone. About two minutes later, I got a text from my best friend that said, I gave your number to a girl who wants to make friends around here and is looking for people to join her business, and since I moved this week, I thought of you. I freaked out that she was with her. I told her to get away and to not leave alone with her. I stayed up worried until my best friend got home. She said that she was fine. Otherwise, I would have gone to pick her up. The next day, my friend apologized and told me to block the number. My friend and her group tried to ditch her, but she kept showing up at the bars they were at. She said that the girl was relentless and texted her all night trying to get my friend to go hang out at... her place. My best friend also said that when she asked about the business... The girl wouldn't give her many details other than it was a warehouse somewhere. That it would pay her great, and it was in town, and if she wanted a tour, she would take her. We never heard from this girl again. Today I was listening to a podcast and they mentioned different sex trafficking tactics. Two of the tactics were vague jobs where they would pay you well, but needed you to come meet them to give you more information, and a new to town girl who desperately needs new friends. I've been thinking about this all morning, and I'm glad that I felt uncomfortable and my friend didn't go with this girl, but I am also mostly mad the cops ignored my concerns and said it was nothing. I hope that they wrote down the tip that night at least, but I doubt that they did. For the weekend, I wanted to visit my boyfriend. He lives two hours away, and I always go by train. I'm not easily spooked, but I always keep an eye out. A girl's gotta do what a girl's gotta do, am I right? One hour into the trip, it was around 2000 hours, and I see two men getting into the same train compartment as me. I was sitting in a two-seat, the seat next to me was empty, and in front of me was a seat for four people, so two pairs of seats facing each other. The men came in being very loud, even though it was a silent compartment, but nobody said anything because they already seemed very suspicious. From the moment they stepped into the train, probably before they got in, they had their eyes fixated on me. They stepped in through the doors and sat in the seat in front of mine, the four-seat, and from then on they kept an eye on me, while discussing things with each other in a language that I did not understand. Like every other girl, I get stared at frequently, especially when I wear my hair down. It normally makes me feel a bit awkward, but I never feel unsafe when this happens, until yesterday but they were staring at me in every way possible. Through the chairs, standing up, sitting down, bending over to get a good look, through the reflection of the mirror, and by getting up and walking past me. They were taking turns in walking over to the other compartment of the train. The other compartment was only separated from mine with a glass door. Every time one of them got up, they both started staring at me. Then... One of them went away, and the other one had clear vision of me and kept staring at me. He poked his head through the middle of the seats and offered me chocolate, which I politely refused. Then the other one came back, and five minutes later, the man who did not go away yet went away in the same way. They kept taking turns and walking away, and every time one of them got up, the one who remained seated kept an eye on the other and on me. Each time they were sitting across from each other, they would discuss things, but I couldn't translate it. They kept looking at me and then started discussing again. When I had 20 minutes of my trip left, a lot of people got out at one stop. So it was just me, them, and one other male at that point. The moment the doors were about to close, one of the creepy men started walking through the doors to check to see if there were people coming in, and maybe to check to see if there was security. I don't know why he did it, but when he came back, he scanned the train to see how many people were still on, I think. From that moment on, they both got in seats facing me. They would not stop staring at this point. As you can imagine, I panicked and was stressing the F out. So I slowly turned around to look behind the glass doors to see if there were more people that could maybe help me and to my luck there were more people there so i slowly and very softly put on my jacket we still had more than 10 minutes left then and i kid you not not even two minutes later one of the men starts getting dressed too he took his purse and his jacket and kept looking at me and fixating on me while still discussing something with the other man This was where I really panicked. I had already let my friend know what was going on, and my boyfriend was already at the train stop where I was supposed to get out. Then, I contemplated what the smartest thing to do was, because there is an emergency number on the train that you can call or text if you feel unsafe. But I had a gut feeling that this would not help me. So... I grabbed my bags, got up, and I walked through the glass door to the other compartment. I sat facing them so that I could see what they were doing. They both got up, grabbed their bags, and started walking towards me. Mind you, they were sitting closest to the exit, so there was absolutely no reason for them to take this route too. I rapidly started to talk to someone in the seat next from mine, and I asked if he could help me because I was getting followed and watched by two grown men. He said that he also thought that they were very suspicious and was getting worried for me. He asked me to sit next to him, so he could keep me a little safer and possibly distract the men or something. Then he distracted me a little bit and asked me some questions about my life. When the two creeps saw that I was seated next to that man... They were already coming my way and were making their way through the doors of the compartment. They are glass doors, so we could see each other very clearly. I hadn't shown my fear, but I was shaking so uncontrollably that they must have seen how scared I was. The moment they got through that door, they saw me sitting next to the other man, and the creeps exchanged looks, looked at me, discussed something, looked at me again, and then turned around and went the other way they were walking to the exit of the train where again there's a glass door so we could still see each other the whole time they were standing around the exits they were looking at me with a very creepy and disturbed look on their faces i describe it as you got away but you won't be so lucky next time that's how it felt The man that I was sitting next to also got the feeling of this and was calming me down. He told me he wasn't going to let me get off the train by myself and that he would wait with me until my boyfriend arrived. That was amazing, and I felt very comforted. But then our stop came and we walked to our side of the exit and then came to a realization. In the exit of the train... There were two other men standing with the same kind of looks as the two creeps. They were speaking the same language, and they acted weird too. These men were probably the men who the two creeps were visiting every few minutes. The men at the exit saw me, looked at me with that creepy look, but then the man who was keeping me safe made sure to show them that he was walking with me, and immediately they looked away. They also covered their faces with their hoods. The doors opened, and they nearly sprinted out of there, just as the other two creeps did. Then the man who escorted me out waited with me until we found my boyfriend, and then he went on with his day. We both could not thank him enough for keeping me safe. I thought I lived in a very safe country in Europe, but I think that as long as you're a young woman on your own— You will never be 100% safe while traveling or being alone. I hate thinking of what would have happened if I was not helped by the man in the other compartment. I wish I could have thanked him with gifts or a nice gesture, but I don't know his name and will probably never see him again. So to the man who saved me, I thank you with all my heart. Okay, this was a really long story, but... In real time, this only lasted around an hour. I hope that some people read this and really hope we all stay safe. Just be on the lookout for each other, and help someone when you can. And thanks for reading. Hey there, friends. That was today's episode of the As the Raven Dreams podcast, and I really hope that you all enjoyed this collection of scary stories. If you did, please do consider checking out my YouTube channel where I do these same stories, but a little bit earlier than I do them here on the podcast form, and also in slightly different collections. If you really enjoy the podcast, please do consider giving it a rating of any sort if... The platform you're listening on has ratings. Any honest rating is appreciated by me, be it 5 star, 1 star, however you want to do it. Just know that rating the podcast helps tremendously. And, if you would like to support further, I do have a Patreon and channel memberships if you would like to do things on the YouTube side. Where for as little as a dollar a month, you get early access to my content. Never ever expected, but always appreciated. That said, friends, I hope that I do see you on the next episode of this podcast and of course until then sleep well